up, NBA fans? We are less than a month away from the start of the NBA season here, and we're continuing our division previews heading into the 2023-24 NBA season. Uh, this episode, we got the Central Division preview, home of the Milwaukee Bucks, Cavs, Pacers, Bulls, and the Pistons. And it's very convenient that we decided to do the Central Division this week because the biggest news probably of the offseason since free agency just dropped and Damian Leonard finally gets moved and I love this when the team comes way out of left field and the Milwaukee Bucks just did that and landed Dame time here uh, I absolutely love it Miami Heat has struck out again on making a trade for a potential superstar so that's a plus for me the Warriors didn't get him that's another big plus for me I don't mind it seeing the Milwaukee Bucks here with Dame time. Sean, what's your reaction here? Are you just as surprised and happy for the NBA overall, or did you really want to see Dame in Miami? Man, Alan, I, I am very happy. I think both of us are huge Giannis fans, so seeing him True. stay in Milwaukee, I think that's going to be great. And it's just, you know, it's one of those stories where you're like, this is way cooler than if he did go to Miami because that was such an expected thing. And what a surprise to see him end up on the Bucks, and it seems like it's all going to work out. And yeah, I want to dive into this because there's so many other pieces to this too. It mm-hmm. isn't just a Dame for Drew Holiday swap. There, there are a lot of other pieces to this, and it's. It, I don't think this is really the, truly the end of the trade season, um, at least for the players involved in this trade. So there, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. But man, the Bucks got him. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They make this swap for arguably a player that has less lesser defensive pedigree than a Drew Holiday who's been all NBA defense. But, I mean, you get Dame time. Like, one of the top players, top guards, top 75 player of all time. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't like to say that the Bucks got the got a better player than Drew Holiday because I think Drew Holiday's a great player. But they got case, a better player. I think <laughs> they got a better player. They they upgrade at that point guard position. But here's the breakdown: Blazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamani Kamara, 2029 unprotected first pick, and a one pick swap. The Suns get Joseph Nurkic, Nasir Little, Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, and the Milwaukee Bucks get Damian Leonard. And I think when you break this trade down from each team's perspective, it's a plus really from for all three teams, which that's why I think this is this is a great trade for the NBA and for basketball fans because each team walks away with with something uh that's positive from their team. I think the Blazers, uh they Drew Hall they get Drew Holiday and they might swap him out, but getting DeAndre Aiden is an upgrade over um, Yusuf Nurkic, like Yusuf Nurkic, would probably walk was probably going to walk away from this franchise. But instead, yeah. you get DeAndre Aiden, who's locked in and already to a long term contract. You get the unprotected first, and of course, you get the pick swap. And you obviously make room here for the future in, in Scoot Henderson. You get a good mentor, someone to mentor him, and Drew Holiday, and you could potentially swap him for some more picks potentially here down the line. The Suns beef up their their bench i'm not i'm not gonna go as far as to say nurkic is an upgrade from deandre aiden but from an attitudes perspective i guess it's a plus there where you get a guy who actually wants to be for this wants to play with for the suns and deandre aiden's relationship with the Suns seems to seem to have showered soured a little bit but 
the big plus is, of course, the depth on the bench and, and the youth that you get. The Bucks get the offensive powerhouse that is Damian Leonard. And to me, it looks like they probably shoot up to number one in terms of title favorites, oh, yeah. maybe slightly. Definitely. But they're up there. <laughs> and it- now the Eastern Eastern Conference does not look as open as it did uh, just a few just a week ago. I mean, I still think it's pretty open just because, I mean, obviously have the Celtics who still look really strong. The Sixers, if they can figure their stuff out. I, but, yeah, I mean, I think this does catapult the Bucks to number one. I mean, this is already a team, and we'll talk about them in the Central Division preview. Yeah. Uh, but they were already number one in the East last year. Yep. And just, you know, obviously things happened in the playoffs didn't go their way. But this is just a crazy trade for them. I mean, you already heard the rumblings about how Giannis was talking about, oh, you know, like my next contract, like I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with the Bucks if it's the best opportunity for me to win a championship. If there's a better opportunity out there, I'm going to have to think about it. And Mm -hmm. they were obviously listening very closely because they're like, okay, well, we need to do something that's going to make him happy. And with Drew Holiday being on an expiring deal, he's getting older. Um, You're not quite sure, you know, if you can keep that core together. I mean, they just had to re-sign Middleton to a pretty big deal in his 30s. This is win-now mode. So you you go and you get the best shot you have at winning a title, and that's Damian Lillard here. And this this pairing is going to be absolutely lethal. I I don't think there's Mm -hmm. any way around that. And let's just start with the Bucks here. Not just as the preview, but just like from the Damian and Giannis perspective of how well this team's going to work with a pick and roll offense running through these two guys, and then you have Chris Middleton to kick it out to in the corner. Like it just, it just seems yeah. like it just works so well. And you have Brook Lopez as a center that can also still space the floor because he's developed that three point shot. It just, mm-hmm. it seems like the offense is just going to flow so well for this team Mm -hmm. it's gonna be so nasty i i just don't think that there's a duo in the league that could possibly top those two right now yeah this team will look a little different though possibly you losing an all nba guy this team leaned on its defense for quite quite a bit the last few years fourth in defensive rating last year of course then you also have brooke lopez defensive player of the year can he bring that proudness back so I am interested to see how that looks where you go from Drew Holiday to to 6'2", 33-year-old, 30, yeah, 33-year-old uh, Damian Leonard. So see how that goes. But offensively, well, defensively, you're just going to have you're just going to have a lot more pressure on Giannis now. Like he's got to really step up and be be that defensive anchor. But then offensively, like this just opens up a plethora of options with Dame, like the triple threat, like dude can pull up. He can find the open man, run that pick and roll, run the pick and pop, like get to the rim. Like it's, it's insane. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun basketball, especially leading. He's going to be leading that break as well with Giannis being the finisher. I'm excited. This is going to be insane basketball. Yeah. And we can, we can definitely talk a little bit more about the Bucks. I, I think it's pretty obvious that they are going to be much better. Uh, maybe not much, mm-hmm. but like better. Uh, but since we're gonna talk about them a little bit more, let's let's talk about these other teams. I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on here, especially with the Blazers, because I mean this this was a trade. I just did not see this coming at all. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. I don't know. Did you see any rumblings about the Bucks or even the Suns being involved in this? Because 
I know DeAndre Ayton has been much maligned by the team for so long, and I, I, I maybe it's an attitude thing. I'm not really sure, but Monty Williams and him never seemed to jive, but now Monty Williams is out of town, new ownership, and they're still like, let's get DeAndre Ayton out of here. And so yeah. now Harry lands in Portland. What, what, what do you make of that whole situation? Uh, well, I mean, I think it just confirms what we thought was that Aiton just never felt like the right piece for the Suns, especially once they went and got Durant, Bradley Beal. I think you were essentially pay, overpaying for a player that you were okay to have on your roster from a, from a basketball management and, and ownership perspective. Mm. So, and especially Aiton, you give him that big contract, and now you're committed to him for five years. It's probably not worth having a guy that much, that long, and paying that much money for this, committed that much money to a guy that you maybe kind of want on your roster. Because at the end of the day, I think the Suns are more leaning on the, on that trio that they just went out, went out and got themselves Booker, Durant, Beal. So why have this guy swap him for depth instead? which is really what this team desperately needed. I think for me, yeah. when the trade went down, I I was not a believer that the Suns all of a sudden were the title favorite because their depth was so weak. And then you're leaning on two guys, Durant and Bradley Beal, who also haven't had the greatest record of durability in the NBA the last few years. So I think going out and getting this depth is, is, a, lot, is a lot better. You bring a vet like Nurkic, who's maybe a bit more hungry, uh, to play that center role that they actually need, which is a rim protector dude that just rebounds the ball and, mm-hmm. you know, has that soft touch around the rim. That's really what this roster needed. There was no need to pay a guy upwards of $30 million uh, to do that. So yeah. that's my take from the Suns' perspective. From the Blazers, I mean, obviously you get a young, a young up-and-coming player. So that made a lot of sense. I think from a perspective of, like, did I see the Bucks? making a move for Dame, I didn't because ultimately I didn't really think they would move Drew Holiday and I didn't really think the Blazers would want Drew Holiday. Yeah. And I think maybe that was what was holding this up the whole time is that wasn't really the two piece the two pieces these two or the piece that the Blazers really wanted. And when the Suns came in and were willing to offer up Aiden, that's what I think really lit up the lit up the eyes for for the for the Blazers yeah. to pull the trigger. And I think I mean this 2029 unprotected first is that that's going to be very big cuz I mean that's <laughs> it's 6 years away so it's like so mm-hmm. hard but then it's like yeah like the Bucks could possibly be awful 6 years from now like maybe Giannis has moved on finally from the Bucks. Damian Lillard sure ain't going to be there in 6 years. Chris Middleton ain't, Brooke Lopez ain't. So this this pick could be amazing six years from now but man it's just man it's so hard to like in the like see that in the future you know it's like six years is so long like what were we talking about six years ago alan like what like what was going on in the nba in 2017 like was that lonzo ball's rookie year was that what we were talking about that was uh that was the last year of Kyrie and LeBron. Last year of Kyrie and LeBron. That is <laughs> that is insane. That feels like a generation ago. You know? Yeah, th- that's year the, of the type Durant of pick Warriors. you're talking about where you're like, that's valuable, but like I have no clue. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just you could you could tank and rebuild in a matter of six years. You know, so yeah, who knows what that pick's gonna be, but it, it does seem on the surface very valuable. And Drew Holiday like you did refer to earlier, still has value, and they could 
swap him to another contender. I've heard the Lakers, Clippers, hell, the Heat are still even in that conversation. Yeah, there's there's a number of suitors. I don't know if the Lakers would pull the trigger. I feel like the Lakers come up in all the rumors, but I yeah. really think Rob Palenka staying put with the roster he put together. Yeah, I could see the Clippers making a move. I could, I, too. I could see him we, being yeah, a big. Yeah, we were piece connected there. to James Harden, and I I wasn't really a huge fan of it. I thought it'd just be funny, so like we should just do it because it'd be funny. But yeah, Drew Holiday would be a serious piece, and that's the thing: is the, are the Blazers going to want Marcus Morris and Robert Covington and a couple, you know, first round picks for Drew Holiday? Maybe I, I honestly have no idea. Like the expiring deals might just be what they're looking for: uh, guys that'll just yeah. come in, not win any games because they do not want to win any games this year for sure, and just you know yeah. roll the dice in the draft lottery next year. Yeah, it just depends what's in the market out there for him as well. Here's another fu- here's a funny name that I was seeing thrown around in the Twitter sphere. The 76ers, would the 76ers make a move and bring their guy back and get James Harden to a a third team? Cuz I don't think the Blazers want James Harden. Complete the circle, complete the circle of life and get the process back together. Don't forget wow. Drew Holiday was one of the <laughs> draft picks from the process as was Embiid. That's yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, would James Harden? Uh, yeah, would James Harden be part of that deal? I don't think the Blazers want James yeah, Harden. Yeah, he'd so. have to be though. And That's the only way it works. So they'd need a third team to take James Harden. Maybe it is. Maybe the Clippers take James Harden. The Blazers give Drew Holiday to the Sixers, and then the Sixers and Clippers figure out some sort of package of youth and picks and expiring deals to give to the Blazers. Maybe that's... Or dare I say, would the would the 76ers give up Tobias Harris for Drew Holiday? Oh, uh, maybe uh, they they don't want Harden and Drew. They don't want that. Like, there's no, no way because you can't keep both of those guys plus Tyrese Maxey, and they're not getting rid of Maxey. So yeah. you got to get rid of Harden. I, I don't think Harris is going anywhere. I actually mm-hmm. think they I like think Tobias so. Harris. Like he's a good player. He's just not worth forty million dollars, probably. <laughs> I, you know, I, I he might think so, but yeah, he's worth more than Harden is. I'll say that much. Yeah, you, there's no way there's a world where you give up an actual productive player <laughs> to get, and then you still keep this like, super expensive, unproductive player on mm-hmm. their bench or wherever he's going to be. Because mm-hmm. James Harden has to play this year or he's gonna lose a lot of money with the new rules the nba uh-huh. put in place yeah and he will but, definitely lo- lower his chances of getting a good contract to finish out his career yeah exactly um yeah hell of a trade switching the dynamics of the nba where the suns get better the bucks get better and you know this blazers team if assuming drew holiday plays is actually pretty uh, good. What do you think is the odds are that he good. plays for this team, though? Like, what, what, what he percentage? He has to play. No, he, he has to play. They could with trade the... him. You don't think? Oh, what do you, you think... yeah. What do you think the odds are that he gets traded again? Uh, I think it's pretty high that he's going to start and play the first few months. Really? Like, I think he doesn't get if he. I don't. Yeah, if he gets traded, I. I it may not happen until December. Like, that's my. Yeah, that's my theory. May, maybe like a trade deadline trade. See who's most yeah, desperate to, to get, a, get a good guard to contend. Yeah, exactly. Could, that's interesting. 
But man, if they keep both Holiday and Aiton alongside these other guys, they might actually be pretty good. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't think they yep, want that's that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think they want that though. Like, yeah, this is a, like what's the starting lineup here? You got I, this is like going up to the Blazers preview at this point. We got Holiday, yeah. Scoot, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton, and Shaden Sharp as your starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And then you have Infernee Simons as your sixth man. Like, this team's pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. it's pretty good. It'll Amber... probably be, like, slightly above 500. I don't think Amber they... Infernee Simmons as a sixth man. Yeah. I don't think he'd like that very much, but that's that's a pretty solid three-guard lineup right it there. It is, and it's like, yeah, you're going to be better than you want to be. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like they. I feel like they're gonna feel like they need to get rid of Holiday, or else they won't have a good shot at the lottery. Yeah, they they could they could very well be the twenty what twenty twenty one OKC team with Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> yeah, Chris Paul, yeah. Shea. Make the playoffs accidentally. Maybe, yeah, almost yeah, go to the second go round. To the second round. <laughs> Hell, even like what the Jazz were on pace to do last year until they like really dedicated themselves to <laughs> tanking at the end. Yeah. But yeah, there's like there there's potential for this like this Blazers team. They got the talent back for Dame that would mm-hmm. actually make sense to be like, okay, like you really didn't lose a lot. So no. yeah, like this team would actually be pretty good. So I'd I'd be interested to see it all come together. But I just I, I I feel like it's like seventy five percent chance that Holiday gets traded before the season starts. Okay. What about Jeremy Grant? You think Jeremy Grant gets traded? No. What, well, who's gonna take Jeremy Grant? They just <laughs> signed him to the stupidest deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. But you, yeah. you think Jeremy Grant's gonna get traded? They just well, gave him that much... huge deal. That's the thing. It's like well, that's what we were talking about when we were talking about the free agency is. Whether that Jeremy Grant deal was given in in the thinking that, you know, that Dame was going to want to stay <laughs> and they could potentially add some another piece. Yeah. Or was that deal given because they just like Jeremy Grant regardless of what Dame Leonard decides I, yeah, to do? It could be a little of both. I, I think it was to appease Dame more than anything, but you're not going to offload that on anybody. No one's taking that. Mm-hmm. No, It's five years, man. That's a huge commitment. <laughs> No team's going to want that. Yeah, for a guy that's late in his 20s. Yeah, I mean, he'll be good, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Like, no one has, like, what you'd need to trade for him. Yeah, you know? so, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think he'll stick around. But I feel like Drew Holiday being there is just, yeah, it's probably, it's, it's very improbable at this point. Yeah. To close it off, biggest winner, biggest loser from your from your perspective. The Bucks are the biggest winner, for sure. And like you were saying, there's not really a loser of this trade. I I like it from all sides so far. I think that what the Blazers do with Drew Holiday, that that will determine. I think if they end up being a loser, though, because maybe they get a bad deal for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are just good enough with him to you know get into that eight seed and then that's bad too it's like you know we're, we always talk about not wanting to be in the middle right you don't want to be a washington wizard chicago bulls team so that mm-hmm. would i think that would be a loss honestly um because you're not dedicating to either contending or rebuilding um so we'll see what happens there i think 
what do you, what do you think about the Suns? Are the Suns the favorite in your mind to win the West now? Does this catapult them over the Nuggets? No. Okay. It makes them better, but I don't think so. I don't I don't I don't think so. I still don't think they're they're the favorite. I like what they did though, but then again, like these role player pieces seem good on paper and upgrade from what they had before, but this team is coming in completely brand new, so I just got to see what it's actually going to look like on the basketball court. Dude, it's cr- um, it's crazy. The I I'm pretty sure Maybe there's some the only return. The, the only player left is Devin Booker from the old era. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is completely new now because Monty Williams is gone, DeAndre Ayton's gone. Those were the last remnants, and then campaign. They don't even have campaign anymore. Yeah. I don't think. Nope, no campaign. This is a this is an NBA 2K roster <laughs> here that's been put together by it the Suns. Is. But that's so true. you gotta love it. New ownership Man. group came in and just cleaned house and got stuff done. But Here's three names for you for the for the biggest loser uh, category: oh. uh, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Joel Embiid, yep. and Blazer fans. Blazer yeah. fans lose the best player in their franchise's <laughs> history. No more Damian Lillard well, jerseys for yeah. them to buy. Clyde Drexler might uh, have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got Clyde. You got Clyde. But biggest loser: the yeah. two pla- the other two players, Joel Embiid, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Jimmy Butler. You know he's he's loyal to Miami. Miami's loyal to him, but Miami has yet has struck out on another star who has publicly said that <laughs> they want to go to Miami and they don't get them. Uh, and you know he also, he obviously lost some some players from his roster last year as well through free agency. So I don't know if he's too happy about what team no. he's coming back to. Yeah, that, uh, well, that's the problem with these all these guys saying I want to go to Miami publicly is that it makes the team that currently owns them not want to send him to Miami because I think mm-hmm. part of them is like, I don't want to just give you what you want. I'm going to do what's best for me. So yeah. when you, And they push Miami, I'm sure, to, yeah. to put more chips on the table. Right, and Miami, and it makes Miami think, oh, like we have all the leverage because he wants to come here, and so they probably don't give them their best deal, and that's mm-hmm. when Portland goes out and they get a deal that actually works better in their favor. Yeah. And Joel, Joel Embiid here is because the dude's been knocking at the door to come out of to come, at least come out of the the second round in the Eastern <laughs> Conference playoffs, and the Bucks get better. His team is to be determined, but at yeah. this moment, looks like it's worse than last year. Uh, Celtics aren't going anywhere. The Cavs potentially look a little bit better, and the Bucks are obviously getting better. So that's three teams there. He's mm-hmm. got to got to try to beat to get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So. Joel Embiid taking a taking a hit there. Man. Those are my three guys. Biggest him. winner, <coughs> biggest winner is Dame time. Of course, dude gets to play for an NBA title. Yeah, yeah, I think he he ends up being a winner, even though it's not his preferred destination. Um, <laughs> yeah, Loki Yusuf Nurkic winner, big winner yeah. of this trade. I mean, he gets to go to an actual championship contender finally. Uh, for the first time <laughs> yeah. in his career, so that that's a pretty big deal, I think, for him, and actually play a contributing role and not have to worry about really doing much. <laughs> yeah, he might meet his uh, his former Eastern European teammate yeah. in the playoffs. We might have a Nurkic versus Jokic. That's gonna be matchup in the second fun. round. Yeah, that, I I, I hope we get finals. to see that. That would be pretty cool. Yep. Um, any other big winner? Maybe Aiden. No, nah, yeah, I guess start. so. Yeah, Aiden gets a fresh start. 
other than that, yeah, not really. Yeah. Well, let's dive in then. Central Division previews. It. While we're on the topic, the Milwaukee Bucks, Dame Time being the biggest winner. The Milwaukee Bucks last year, I didn't realize they got to 58 wins last year. Yeah. Two wins away from 60. That's an incredible season. You got oh, Drew yeah. Holiday making his uh, his second all-star appearance. Um, Brooke Lopez getting defensive player of the year. Uh, fourth in defensive rating. 12th in offensive rating. Like, this is an incredible team. Like, they look like they checked all the boxes to make it to at least the conference finals. Uh, but as we know, they got eliminated in the first round by Miami. <laughs> Injuries happened. But additions, Dame Time, head, new head coach, Adrian Griffin, Malik Beasley, Robin Lopez, Ty Ty Washington. So the Lopez twins are reunited. <laughs> the former Fresno native Stanford grads are reunited in Milwaukee. <laughs> That's just good for morale. Uh, yeah, exactly. Departures, Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, Goran Dragic, Joe Ingles, Miles Leonard, and Wes, Wesley You Matthews. forgot Joe Ingles was on this team, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. I forgot he was on this team. But I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much to say about Joe Ingles. I mean, uh, he's, he had a good guy. career, man. You know, you, you can't he, – he did much more than I think people ever expected him to. So I'm, I'm happy for the guy. And he came back from that ACL or Achilles injury, and he, he ended up playing again. So I, I'd be pretty happy with that. That dude, yeah, that's a man who truly maximized his athletic abilities uh, in life. Yeah. Like <laughs> – uh, drafted Andre Jackson Jr. in the second round, six pick. Uh, re-signed Theonis, Thanasis, Atamakembo, Jay Crowder, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. I mean, Jay Crowder's coming back after so much hype that yeah. they got him in the bio market. Didn't play very much Nothing. in the playoffs, so a little surprised to see him coming back. But uh, give him a full year we'll see there. What he see, can do. Yeah, see if he can actually like gel with the team. And you got now you got two pairs of brothers on this team too, which is kind of funny. Yeah, a true family squad. But the projected lineup here is Damian Leonard, Malik Beasley getting another shot at a <laughs> at a starting lineup. We'll see spot. if it lasts this time. Yeah, we'll see if he if it lasts. We'll see if he can find his three point shot again. Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. So not much change other than just adding a, a top seventy five player of all time in all NBA <laughs> and Damian Leonard. X X. Yeah, X Factor is pretty obvious here. I think it's Chris Middleton, man. Like, Mm -hmm. this dude just has not been able to put together a healthy, consistent year over the last two years. And you bring him back, you re-sign him, you extend him and commit another five years to him. So if he can just stay healthy, uh, this this team could easily make it back to the conference finals and maybe even the finals. Uh, I mean, he was huge in that Sun series as ability to just knock down shots and he'll just be another weapon there for Dame and Giannis to turn to. Uh, so we'll see if he can piece it together. Yeah. I, I think that is, it's really going to be the biggest factor here. I, we saw what he can do. He can take over games. We we've seen it before when Giannis went mm-hmm. out, Chris Middleton was able to elevate his game to a level that they needed to win. And he doesn't necessarily need to do that anymore. Now that dames there but just him being that third star is so important especially when the guys you're going up against i mean you got the celtics who have three stars now in brown tatum and porzingis 
on the West Coast, you're going to have to go up against Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter, or slash Aaron Gordon. You have to go up against potentially Beal, Durant, and Booker. Like, you're going to need that third star to keep pace in more likely situations than not, and Chris Middleton needs to be that guy for them. Uh, last year was rough. I mean, coming back from the mm-hmm. injury, only being able to play 33 games and being super limited in those games too, and probably a big reason why they just fizzled out, even though they had such a great regular season. Um, and he just didn't really have a shot under him too, which is the interesting yeah. thing. Like even in the limited minutes, you'd think he'd be able to shoot it okay still, but he had his worst shooting since his rookie year, which was a long time ago. That was like over 10 years ago now, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, for this man who's had a very long, successful career. So if he if he can bounce back and be healthy, I, I don't see any reason why this team shouldn't be the favorite to win the title. Yeah, for context there, Chris Middleton shot 43% from the field last year. The year they won Oof. the championship, he shot 47%. Yeah. He shot 31% from three last, last year. And the year they won the championship, he shot 41%. Oof. So significant dips there <laughs> yeah so yeah whatever was bothering him last year never seemed like it went away so hopefully mm-hmm. this off season that did go away for him we'll, we'll see game one i mean i haven't seen any reports about his injury bothering him still so we're just gonna have to cross our fingers for them and hope yeah in terms of trending that i got this team trending up i mean it's hard to trend up from 58 wins <laughs> But, I mean, if this team can win 58 games again or just I think, maybe yeah, this is a 60-plus win team, talent-wise, definitely. That'd be pretty pretty incredible. I don't actually think the NBA has had a 60-win team in a few years really? now. I, no, I like thought the, that Suns team had a crazy regular season, even though they sucked in the playoffs two years ago. Did they? Did yeah, they win 60 games? I, I'm pretty sure they won at least 60 they had a crazy good record. I want to say they were like 67 and 15. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, I yeah, might be wrong I guess on we'll that, have to... but yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure they had a very good season. Yeah. Regardless, uh, you know, trending up in terms of like, regardless of what the win total is, I think this team will be better. Uh, Storyline to follow here is Dame time. How does he match with this team? What does he do? And are we ready to see Damian Leonard back in the playoffs and playing some crucial games? I mean, some of my favorite memories <laughs> from, you know, the 2010s playoffs is are Damian Leonard. Like, Damian Leonard sinking that, that three against Paul George oh, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, Damian Leonard with a fadeaway three on Dwight Howard against mm. that Houston Rockets team. Like, those were some good ones. Was there? There was one that was like triple overtime against the Denver Nuggets at one point, or <laughs> yeah, I think some you're right. team. Yeah, and Rodney, I forgot Rodney the Magruder? dude's name. Not Rodney Magruder, Magruder, whatever. <laughs> oh, I forget this guy's name. He played for the Cavs in the Utah Jazz. I don't know, man. <laughs> he came off the bench and just nailed down a clutch three to finally end the game because it felt like it was going to go forever. That's all to say is Dame's been part of some all-time memories, so to see him back in the playoff action would be yeah. awesome. Make, make it um, more memories, too, because, yeah, like all those Blazers teams he was on, like they made the, I'm, yeah, what, they made the conference finals once. Yeah, that and that was a maximum. I've was, never seen. Yeah, um, crazy. 
when Ennis Cantor had one shoulder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that guy yeah. was putting the team yeah. on his back too. Yeah. Yeah, Alfarinko, Aminu. Oh and man, CJ McCollum was still these... there, obviously. CJ McCollum was still there. Yeah, that was peak Blazers. That was the best they could have done. Was make it to the that conference was t- finals. Yeah, that was a team that maximized every ounce that they had. And yeah, yeah. you're right, Sean. The Phoenix Suns were 64 and 18 yeah, back in the 2021 season. Yeah. So yeah, so we haven't we haven't had a team I, win 60 games in two years. I think really, that this team could do that. I think that they have just that top end talent that they'll just be up 20 points going into the fourth quarter and resting their starters a lot of games. Like with the amount of like if, if Damon Giannis just have a game, like there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do. Like there's literally Damon's yeah. never had a teammate like this before. It's gonna be absolutely wild. Yeah, and especially if like their biggest competition is just going to be the Cavs, Celtics, and I don't know what the Seventy Sixes are going to do. Like they're just going to prounce on teams. Yeah, there's no one on I'd say the Sixers or the Cavs that can guard Dame. I would say maybe the Celtics. I, I don't know. Derek White's a pretty good defender, so there's mm-hmm. there's a chance they'd stand a little more of a chance there. But yeah, yeah no. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams that Dame and Giannis are just going to run through. Yep. Let's move on. Moving on to the Cavs. This is this is probably one of the more intriguing teams in the Eastern Conference. 51 wins last year. First in defensive rating. Ninth in offensive rating. But they were they were they they were they got their butts kicked by New York in <laughs> yes, the playoffs last year. Like they 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 lost five games. They didn't score. They only scored once over a hundred points, and that was in the game they won. Every other game, they were run at the gym by the New York Knicks, uh, and it's just crazy. Ninth in offensive rating, but that offensive rating just absolutely plummeted in the playoffs from one sixteen to one hundred five. So that's the story that they were left off uh, ending the season last year. And what did they do this year? They had Max Struess, Tristan Thompson makes some return, <laughs> Georges Niang, Ty Jerome. Uh, they lose Danny Green, Robin Lopez, Raul Nato, Lamar Stevens, uh, drafted Iman Bates, and they re-signed Carice LeVert and Isaiah Mobley. Um, so talking about the additions, Max Struess to me seems like the big plus here mm-hmm. in terms of trying to solve that and ha- just having an offensive weapon that they could swap in into either their starting lineup or uh, coming off the bench. So with Max Struess, I would give him a, a starting lineup of Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, which, man, to me, this screams like a really, really good team, mm-hmm. but it just feels weird to put chips on to, to bet on this team um, given the performance they had last year in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Sean, am I crazy for thinking that? You aren't crazy, and I don't think it's crazy to say that this team still isn't good enough to get mm-hmm. i think second round is still i what i would project them at at their best just looking at you know kind of where the other teams around them are positioning themselves i think that they did make the moves that they needed to make though because one of the things that this team lacks in a lot is shooting and you're starting mm-hmm. two centers in your starting lineup and evan mobley and jared allen Mobley can stretch the floor a little bit, but he's not a three-point shooter. And Jared Allen is, is clearly not a three-point shooter. So they add Struess. No. And I think 
low-key, Gorgie Yang, he's going to be a pretty big addition for this team because he's a big man that can stretch the floor. For the Sixers, all he basically did was shoot threes when he came in off the bench. So mm-hmm. he'll at least give them a little bit of change of pace and a floor-stretching ability there. So I can see him getting pretty good minutes here for this team. Um, but I, I still think that there's going to be a little bit of a mismatch for them, especially when it comes to the playoffs between how small their guards are and how immobile their centers are. I think they just – for the regular season, it's great. But, yeah, once once you can game plan for it, it it's kind of like the the Rudy Gobert effect if you will yeah yeah you can you can plan around it yeah it seemed like new york was out there playing chess cows were playing checkers like <laughs> randall jalen brunson they were just picking this team apart and on the offensive end like the Cavs were not doing anything to help themselves out there so that's what i have on the x factor is evan mobley like how good is he? He had a pretty decent year last year. He made all NBA defensively. Uh, his numbers were up uh, from 15 points a game to 16 points a game on the same field goal attempt. So efficiency improved and on the boards he improved. But at seven, he's a seven footer next to another seven footer in Jared Allen. Uh, so is it time to trade to think about trading Jared Allen? Mm-hmm or switching things up and bringing him off the bench and committing to to Evan Mobley commanding the front court uh and 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 seeing what you can do or you know or swap out Jared Allen for some pieces and go after some depth here similar to what the Suns did with Aiton will that open up more opportunities for Evan Mobley uh like but I think you still have to you have to answer that first question is really how good is he is this is this a guy who is going to be a top 15, top 20 player in, in the league or, or better than that. Yeah, it seemed like in his rookie year he might have had a chance at that, but then I feel like Garland actually made that leap to where he could be mm-hmm. a, a top 15, 20 player in this league, and Mobley's kind of more taking the backseat role. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. If you, if you got rid of Jared Allen, how many more opportunities would that give to Evan Mobley? It, it might give him some. But when you have Garland and Mitchell commanding so much of the ball still, I don't know if Evan Mobley's actually going to get that many more opportunities. I mean, as it is, Jared Allen is mostly just an alley-oop guy. He doesn't really do anything offensively for you except for throw some screens in there. So, yeah, I I think that maybe at least as a whole gives the team better spacing to get rid of Allen. I don't think that... Evan Mobley will necessarily get better numbers from it though, but he is, he is an important factor of this team. He is that guy that needs to step up and be that third star for them because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about how heated this East race has become, like all the power seems like it's in the East right now. It's very concentrated Mm -hmm. and yeah, he's going to have to stand up to Giannis. He's going to have to stand up to Porzingis or Jason Tatum. And, and he's answered the call pretty well so far, but to make another leap, that that's what the Cavs are going to need from him if they want to actually, you know, make the finals. Yeah, can he be a twenty, a twenty and 20, 2012 guy, twenty and ten guy in in this league? And do you need to swap Jared Allen out in order to get Evan Mobley to to that point? In other words, the do you the the little that you sacrifice on the defensive end is it worth it for the gains you potentially might make on the offensive end by? 
by getting by swapping Jared Allen for for other pieces yeah. here. Uh, Another thing I need to see from this team, I think it's squarely on Donovan Mitchell. I mm-hmm. I have yet to see evidence that Donovan Mitchell can be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. We, we know how good Donovan Mitchell is. We're huge Donovan Mitchell fans. I'm pretty sure your wife is the biggest Donovan Mitchell fan outside <laughs> of outside of uh, Utah and or Cleveland. Yeah, but she loves Donovan Mitchell. He's a good-looking guy. But <laughs> there, it's just something there where I'm like, I've seen it. We've seen it in the bubble. We've seen how he can be that number one option. But, man, that Knicks series, to go back to that, he just disappeared. His shooting was terrible. I almost mm-hmm. forgot he was on the floor at times. And mm. that cannot happen when you are the best player on a team. No, I don't care who you are. So yeah. he's gonna have to get that mojo back. He's gonna have to get that bubble mojo, that Utah mojo back, because he cannot take a back seat when it push comes to shove. Yeah, I'm looking back at those bubble playoffs numbers. <laughs> My God, they're absurd. Thirty six points a game, fifty percent shooting from three, fifty two percent from the field. This is for a on twenty two attempts. For a full series. This is yeah. This is seven games in the playoffs yeah. in 2019, 2019, <laughs> 20. That is yeah, and I mean that's unreal. But if you look at twenty twenty one, that last playoff run with the with the Utah Jazz, twenty five points a game. Um, I mean that series actually wasn't that great. So maybe I'm, that's not the one to compare I don't, to. Like, but I think okay. he just he needs to play at the same intensity that he played within the bubble he doesn't need to put up the mm-hmm. same numbers but if he can average 30 points if he can average you know 38 percent from three if mm-hmm. he can if he can take over the game at the end when it comes into clutch time that's what we need to see and i haven't seen that yet from cleveland mitchell man it feels like donovan mitchell here may be the the example in 10 years from now or maybe even like five years from now of a guy who was just godly in the bubble and then once <laughs> he came out of it he was just he was just a star but not a superstar he was just you know the third second best player on the court uh but not necessarily yeah. the best which is player. disappointing because i mean we had him and jamal murray you know as like two two peas in a pod right because they went yeah. to head-to-head in the bubble, and we've seen Jamal Murray become the champion. Granted, he had Jokic, of course, yes. But Jamal Murray still, I mean, he had some crazy games on that run yeah. through the finals that proved that, like, he is that dude. We have not seen that from Donovan Mitchell yet. That is, that is the disappointing yeah. part. Is they, they need to be on the same trajectory. I need to see Donovan Mitchell have that Jamal Murray killer mentality. Yeah, twenty again, 2019, 36 points a game. And even 2020, when it wasn't the bubble, but there was limited people in the stands, 32 points a game. Mm, then that 2021 season, 25, this last playoff run at 23 points. So the numbers have gone down from his bubble run in, in that yeah. limited uh, attendance playoff. So, I mean, that could just be cor- uh, correlation and not causation here. Like, that was a bad year with the Utah Jazz and you know this last year was also bad with Cleveland Cavaliers. So yeah. 
He's still got some. Ch- he's still got a few more shots we, at it. We know he has it in him. We know he has mm-hmm. it there. He just needs to tap back into it. Yeah, I think I think it's it should be in there. So Donovan Mitchell's just got to prove it to us that the whole bubble thing was just correlation and it was not causation for his absurd <laughs> shooting <laughs> and playoff performances. Um, yeah, but overall, the Cavs as a team. I mean, I got to do slightly up too, Sean. I kn- you noted that as well. Like the Max Strew signing, I like it. It it gives them offensive versatility, another offensive weapon, and uh, also you you we forgot to put City Osman left this left this team. Oh yeah, oops, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, said. Well, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was a long time Cavalier, but anyways, when I'm looking at like the minutes and who they were given to, some of those minutes now going to Max Strews. Yeah, I a think lot that of will them. only make mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I think that will only make this team a little bit better. So slightly up, and I'm betting Evan Mobley does get get slightly better here. And Darius Garland also continues his trajectory and uh, storyline to follow. It's it's again this team is is another team that it's all about the playoffs. Really, like yeah. they may win more wins, more win they may get more wins in the regular season, but ultimately it's what do they do when they get to the playoffs and. Depending on what's going on with the 76ers, there could be a, a space opening up here in the in the in the field of the elites in the Eastern Conference. Like the Cavaliers could easily be the third best team here in the East if the 76ers drop out and and they can fi- and they can figure things out. So can they fill that void? We'll see. Yeah, are the Knicks gonna get the better of them again? <laughs> oh, the Knicks gonna get the better of them, yeah, and take that spot. Um, anything else on the on the Cavs, Sean? No, no, that's it for me. All right, Pacers thirty five and forty seven, completely missing the play in game here. Uh, I think this is gonna not be another year to tank for the for the Pacers. They missed out on the Wemby sweepstakes, so no reason to tank. But they and they also went out and really paid some dudes by the name and man by dudes i mean one guy bruce brown <laughs> obi and they went and got obi Toppin. they lose O'Shea brisket chris duarte uh george hill and james johnson they drafted jerry's walker with the eighth pick and ben shepherd with the 26th pick and they re-signed tyrese halliburton to the max extension so the pacers went out and gave out the bag so their starting lineup is tyrese halliburton uh, Bruce Brown, Jerry's Walker, Miles Turner, and uh, Math Matherin. Is that how you yeah. pronounce that? Math- yeah, Ben Matherin. James, yeah, Matherin with a uh, Buddy Heel uh, asking, or did he ask to be traded? I I don't remember if he asked to be traded or if the Pacers said like we probably want to trade you. <laughs> it might be a mutual thing. I think Buddy Heald's at that point in his career where he's he's tired of being on losing teams and he wants to actually play for a contender. So that could be an interesting name to watch here. See who the Pacers can kind of talk to, get Buddy Heald on on a playoff team potentially. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I'd like to see him do that. I mean, I think he'd make a solid bench rotation piece at this point in his career. Great shooter, uh, can space the floor a bit. I, I he's put up some good numbers for both the Kings and the Pacers. So I I wouldn't be surprised if some teams are willing to pay up a little bit to grab him right now, or yeah, maybe f- or maybe even at the trade deadline. Who knows? But yeah, I think overall, I like the trajectory of this team. I think that they added some really good pieces. I think they added pieces that are better than the pieces that they let go. I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of hype around this Jarris Walker kid. 
that they drafted eight overall. I think that they're planning on starting him at the power forward spot next to Miles Turner in that backcourt, um, which I think it, it could be an interesting pairing there. I don't know a lot about the kid, um, other than that he he's he's big and he's talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got a lot of guys here that can potentially contribute that we don't really know what their ceiling is yet Uh, because i mean last year obviously you had halliburton breakout but then you have guys like ben matherin who looked really good especially at the start of his rookie year uh, when he was just scoring a bunch but then he dropped off quite a bit uh you have bruce brown obviously who comes over on that huge deal coming off that championship with the nuggets. And now we can see like, okay, like what can this guy do when he gets even more playing time? Like, was it just a matter of circumstance or is he actually, you know, a really good player? So yeah, there's some question marks here, but I feel like they're all good question marks and they're not, the Pacers aren't really in a high pressure situation to figure it out right away. These guys are all very young. So they have time to figure it out, to figure out who who their guys are, who they need to get rid of, who they need to get in free agency maybe next year or the year after to complement these guys. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good figure-out year for them. Yeah, trending. I got them trending up. I think they'll land close to 500 and get themselves a nice little spot in the play-in. Um, and Tyrese Halliburton, I think, will go crazy this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> will join the elite field of, of point guards in this league. Um, yeah, what else What else can I say about the Indiana Pacers? Have we put the Miles know. Turner trade rumors to rest? Are they finally I over? That, <laughs> I think it's time to finally put them to rest. Wow. I mean, I just <laughs> – I was kind of surprised at, like, how long they lingered for because – Miles Turner actually put together a really impressive season last year, despite like. Oh yeah, no, he was a great player. That's why I was like so confusing. Why they're so anxious to get rid of him? Yeah, like what are you gonna? Who are you gonna replace him with? Like draft picks? I guess I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you have Tyrese Halliburton. Like you might as well hold on to this dude. It's not like he's old either. Year eighteen points. Yeah, how old? He jumped from twelve point nine to eighteen points a game last year. How Uh, old is he? He's 26, 26 oh, Yeah, old, that so. fits the timeline just fine. Like, he's, he's not even in his prime yet, potentially. Like, he, he could be reaching it, like, in the next few years, and that's when you're talking about wanting to compete. Yeah, it made no no sense, really. Uh, Storyline to follow is, can Buddy Hill be traded before the year? So, now nah, I just looked it up. Buddy Hill and the Pacers didn't reach an agreement in terms of a, a contract extension, so... Uh, yeah, it's on, it seems like the Pacers might be shopping him around really here. Uh, and can any of the young guys step up to get this team to compete? Yeah, I mean, Obi Toppin is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of, for a while, was seen as like the 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 sort of the Padawan that was eventually going to overtake <laughs> Julius Randle in New York. And then Julius Randle, like any natural person would, fought for his job <laughs> and uh, and uh and has kept it and yeah. had himself a career year uh that the, the year Obi Toppin was drafted and has kept it there so at 24 years old he averaged seven seven and two last year uh at Oof. 15 minutes a game I don't know is there something there is there something there Sean are you gonna put oh man it's so hard to say because there? 
I mean, he's not he's not the type of player that like can score on all three levels. He's he's more of like a Blake Griffin type. You know, mm-hmm. big highlight dunks, strong athletic, good size, but I feel like that's his dimension. And I don't feel like that is the best for a big man in the modern NBA. Mm-hmm. But at the same and at the same time, they drafted this kid Walker with pick eight, so I think it's going to be more of the same. Where Toppin's just going to back him up, mm-hmm. and he's still not going to really get the huge opportunity. It's probably way more of an opportunity than he had with New York, though. So I think that there's a or there's a chance that he can he can get to like a role player level in the NBA and have a long career doing that. And I, I don't th- I don't think. I'm I'm giving up on him being like an all-star player at any point in his career, but I'm not giving oh, up on yeah. him being a rotational player. You think he can get himself to 25 minutes this year? I do. Yeah, I I think he could easily get 25 minutes a game, especially as like you're talking about a rookie developing, and so he'll get a lot of good minutes behind him and probably behind Miles Turner too. Yeah, agree. And then, but on Buddy Heal, 42% three-point shooter, so I still think there's a lot of value there. Uh, but is the did the value for three point shooters peak back in the days when <laughs> the Duncan Robinson you know, and Davis the Duncan Robinson? <laughs> yeah, our team's willing yeah. to shell out quite a bit for for a guy who can shoot the ball from three at a clip higher than forty percent. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. What I mean, think, I'm sure there's are the uh, are the Lakers still interested in this guy. <laughs> uh, that was talked about for a long time. It was, but. I would be hesitant to give up any of the nice pieces we have right now for this guy. I think <laughs> the Lakers should should have learned their lesson for swinging for the home runs. It's not swing for the home runs. It's get the nice incremental wins and then add them up together. Would you give uh, up so uh, no, I, D'Angelo Russell and Max Christie for Buddy Heald? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no way. You love Max Christie, don't you? I mean, he's a good player, but it's more the pieces the Lakers have just fit so well right now, all of them. <laughs> they and do, they do. Like you give up D'Angelo Russell, and it just kind of breaks that. It's like we get an you get another guard, but you don't. But he's not he. But you lose something in the guard that you had that you you're not replacing with anything, which is the ball handling. Like you know, who would be the ball handler that steps up if you give a, if you trade away? D'Angelo Russell. Would you give up Christian Wood for Buddy Heald? Well, yeah, in a heartbeat, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm just testing you uh, there. I'm just testing you. Yeah. What about the Bulls? Okay, let's go to the Bulls. 40 and 42, lost to the Heat in the final playing game. Probably the most disappointing team last year overall. <laughs> uh, maybe even in the last two years. Uh-huh. They made some big moves in free agency. Uh, to get Zach Levine, DeRozan, and obviously that trade for Nikola Vucevic, and then they get Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo Ball is projected to lose another NBA season due to injuries. So you basically end up with a team here where like you have three guys that on paper look to each individually be having a great season, uh, but collectively it just hasn't really led to any wins. And Dang it, the Bulls, like you single-handedly by losing that playing game to the Heat, you've ch- you changed the dynamics of the Eastern Conference, which yeah. is also pretty crazy to think. That is right, yeah. But, like the Bulls knock out the Heat, everything looks different. 
in that Eastern Conference yeah. side. Like maybe yeah. it's the Celtics or the Sixers even or the Bucks in the in the mm-hmm. finals. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. The additions is Javon Carter, Tory Craig, they lose Nothing. Pat Beverly, Javante Green, Derek Jones. Nothing. Drafted Julian Phillips at the, with the, the fifth pick in the second round. And this is the crazier part here is they re-sign the core guys that they had a chance to let walk and and free up some financial flexibility. Ayo Donsumo, like, bringing him back, it's Whatever. like, okay, that seems inconsequential. But, like, bringing back Nikola Vucevic mm-hmm. and bringing back Colby White, mm-hmm. it just... Why? It's gross. Like, it's gross, man. I don't I don't get it. It's it's like you're committing to just being mediocre for another three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't understand the Kobe White one either once you as you're because you're also bringing back Ayo to Sumo. Uh like I mean either commit to Kobe White getting some minutes at that guard position or just let him walk and and find somewhere else to to kind of save his NBA career a little bit here because Kobe White has just not really lived lived up, I think, to even the most minimum <laughs> of, his, of the hype. I know. I think he was drafted with, like, it was definitely top 10. I, I want to say he was five, even. But Yeah, I mean, the thing that always st- – he was the seventh pick the in seventh, 2019. Okay. Yeah, so, like, yeah. He, that, that's high. I mean, there's plenty of seventh pick overalls that have busted, but – yeah, the fact that they he br- they brought him back for multiple years, like I don't know what he did last year to show that he was worth bringing back. I mean, even Dasunmu, like he stepped in and he looked pretty good for like you know mm-hmm. for Dasunmu, he played you know thirty five minutes a game, brought good energy, Kobe, and he was still starting over Kobe White. And I just I don't really know why you bring him back alongside. You still have Caruso there. So yeah. it just seems like he's not necessary. And then, yeah, so you're just like, I guess re-signing Vucevic is like, well, we don't want to lose him for nothing, right? So mm-hmm. we'll just keep him around until we can figure out what to do. At least that's what I'm hoping that mentality is. If it's like, oh, we still think, you know, if Lonzo comes back next year, we can win. It's it's just too far gone at this point. It's just too far gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another more. I mean, you're just like paying into the luxury tax to to maintain a team that may maybe a contender, like a long shot, maybe no. a contender. Because it's Not yeah, because there's even the there's even the question of like what is Lonzo's health going to be once he does come back uh, a year from now? And yeah, I mean, what so kind of been player almost, is he going to be? Has it been two full years? Will have been two full years by the time he steps on an NBA court again if he yep, does come back. Two next full season. years. We've seen what that did to Clay Thompson. I mean, Thompson is mm-hmm. just not the same player after he had to come back from being two years out. I mean, granted, he won a title still, but it wasn't because of him. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, I just I don't foresee Lonzo coming back the same player either. Yeah. It's it's yeah it's crazy. I mean, and the Clay Thompson that we that we saw this season was not the Clay Thompson we saw the first year that he came back from that injury. That first year, that first few months were really rough basketball coming. Yeah, that, coming, that was coming right. from and him. It's still rough. Like it, it just yeah. went from really rough to rough, and it has not gotten back to good yet. It yeah. might might never. Yeah, 
So projected starting lineup is Ayo Dantumo, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. Same uh, old, same the old. <laughs> yeah, X-Factor. This one's interesting here, Sean, that you um, added Patrick Williams here to your notes. But Give I, me I, a I'm different X-Factor. Than, like, though, I put Patrick Williams because he's the only guy that is <laughs> at least slightly unpredictable. You know, like, and, and even then, mm-hmm. like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he is just a massive disappointment and there's just no saving his career. But, like, mm-hmm. the rest of the starting lineup is just bland, bland, bland. You know exactly what you're getting from them. They're not improving any more than they already have. It's not going to mm-hmm. be Caruso. It's it's not going to be Lonzo. I, it's not going to be Kobe White, for God's sake. So I would love to hear an alternative to this. Oh, I see. You're painting the picture as, like, it looks like Patrick Williams may be the only player with room to improve here. Yes, that is what um, I'm saying. He's the only one with room to improve. Yeah. I mean, it just depends how we look at the X-Factor question. If we look at it, it's got to be on the roster. Mm, or it's okay. just like oh, anything. You're going, yeah, okay. I like this. Because that's the only way to actually have an <laughs> X-Factor for this team. Yeah. If there's one thing that can possibly impact this team and make an, an absolute and have, help, make, help them make an absolute improvement... It's not going to come from the basketball court. It's going to come from the front office. Mm-hmm. The X factor is can the Chicago Bulls front office figure something out in the trade market that will take DeMar DeRozan, take Zach Levine, and actually give them decent young basketball players <laughs> that can that can make the Bulls a respectable franchise. I think that's the <laughs> the X factor. Yes, it's not going to be done on the basketball it, yeah, court. It's got to be done to. through the dynamics of the trade market. This, this has been the plight of the Bulls and the Raptors, honestly, for the last two mm-hmm. years. Is everyone's just like, just give it up already? You are <laughs> going nowhere so fast, absolutely nowhere, and the the moves they've made this offseason are, are continuing that and. My God, if they don't go 40 and 42 again, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> like, this, it's just every year the same stuff. And DeMar DeRozan's 34 now. Vucevic is 32. Levine, he's at his peak. He's 28. He'll be fine. But it's it's not getting better. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't know what you're thinking as the Bulls right now not – putting Zach Levine on the trade block, not putting DeMar DeRozan on the trade block. You, you got to get something for these guys while they still have value. I just, I don't know what they're waiting for. You know, what I also wonder is the scary answer there is maybe there is no beneficial value to, to DeMar DeRozan. Like maybe Even there no really is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Like maybe there is no trade out there that, that will even be of equal value back to the Bulls for DeMar DeRozan. Like I, everybody yeah. sees DeRozan as like a adding a liability being added to their roster. See, that's yeah, and that's where the problem is. Is now you're gonna have to take cents on the dollar for these older yeah. guys, where you could have gotten a haul for them last year when we were begging <laughs> you to trade them and you didn't do anything. You held strong. You gave it your all against the Heat in the play-in. And now look where we are. 
and yeah, it might be too late for them to get full value, but you're going to have to accept some value. Otherwise, you're going to get no value and you're going to lose them to free agency or you're going to lose them to no one being interested in them anymore. Like guys like Vucevic and DeRozan still do have value in this league. It might not be what it used to be, but they're still good players. So yeah. you you got to you got to at least give yourself the chance to start over. Yep. DeRozan is set to make 28 million dollars this year. Perhaps there's a trade in Miami where you swap Kyle Lowry for DeMar DeRozan. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be pretty uh pretty crazy but yeah storyline to follow essentially i think it's just that will they finally blow it up like who who are the pieces going for sell here where they just do a, a full clearance sell where you literally are putting a hundred dollar item for 50, 70 50 to 75 percent off just to just to get it out of the yeah, store i mean the you see the wizards did the same thing with bradley beal i mean yeah. they did not I don't care by what stretch of the imagination you're thinking they did not get full Bradley Beal value in that trade. No. But I think everyone's still okay with it because they moved on and now they can start to rebuild. Mm -hmm. You got to bite the bullet. Yeah, exactly. The Pistons' final team here, 17-65, and 65, horse oh. record in the league. I forgot it was and, that bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And only getting the fifth pick, they're really going after that uh, the Wimby sweepstakes. Although you also wouldn't be able to tell that they were because they somehow managed to stack up on big men throughout the year, <laughs> through the year, uh, oh, which is man. interesting. This is this is such a weird franchise, but you know it is it's what terrible. it is. It's another one of those like storied NBA historical franchises that just hasn't been able to figure it out for whatever reason the last like twenty years. Um, additions they did pay Monty Williams an absurd amount of money to be their head coach. That's a big so. deal. That's a big. That's a big signing. I mean, we we saw this this dude turned Phoenix around. So you got to mm -hmm. bank on him trying to do the same thing for you. Exactly. Uh, they they get Joe Harris, Monty Monty Morris. They lose Hamadou Diallo, R.J. Hampton, Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder. Um. Man, is RJ Hampton on his way out of this league, Sean? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, just it just never really made it work out. Yeah, and he's I, I drafted like what in the twenties, I think, because he went from high school straight to pro, drafted to the Nuggets, then traded to Orlando, then traded to the Pistons, and yeah, just yeah, I don't know, never figured it out. He was yeah. a top five talent at one point, though. Yeah, 24th pick back in 2020. I still remember there being at one point where I was telling you that Cole Anthony was going to get more minutes than R.J. Hampton. And you thought R.J. Hampton was potentially going to get more minutes than Cole Anthony. I thought they traded for him for a reason, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I don't really know why they traded for R.J. Hampton. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they did draft Asar Thompson, who I think is actually going to be a really yeah. good player, him and his brother. Uh, Marcus Sarsar Sassir with the 25th pick. And, and this one's also a bit of a head-scratcher. They re-sign Isaiah Stewart. So that gives them a starting lineup of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, who had a pretty solid rookie year, As Asar Thompson, Bojan Bogdanovic. Still there. Still on this team. <laughs> Good and for him, got man. Jaylen, 
Yeah, Jalen Duran, who had a pretty, pretty, also had a pretty solid rookie year, especially towards the second half there with the injuries that happened to Isaiah Stewart and uh, Marvin Bagley. Um, the X factor here, it's just like an obvious one. It's Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. man. Like the former number one pick, dude out of Oklahoma, um, just a sheer good size for a point guard. It's got all the handles in the world. I mean, we've talked about this guy few podcast episodes now during the summer where he's a clear favorite in terms of most improved player uh just because everyone still believes in this yeah, guy I and talking I about st- him yeah i mean i'm i'm a believer too i just think it's just tough to not think that a dude that's that with his size at the point guard position in this league can't be successful but health has just been a issue for him he's played 76 games out of a possible 164 which is less than what Zion played his first two years. And that's actually remember, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think we remember like just how much we talked about that, that we just want to see Zion play. Kate Cunningham's played less games than yeah. what Zion played in those two years. So if he can get himself on the floor, I think it'll solve a lot of headaches for, for the Pistons in terms of roster construction and direction and identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just by having a uh, healthier Kate Cunningham, this to me this team is a uh, trending up. But Sean, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I I think with Kate Cunningham back, definitely. I mean, I don't think it can get much worse. I think is where the where I'm coming from as far mm-hmm. as where they're trending. True. It's like if Kate Cunningham's there and healthy, you're gonna win more than 17 games. <laughs> and and you bring yeah. in Asar Thompson, who yeah, I think me and you both like both of those Thompson twins. Uh, mm-hmm. like their prospects going into the year. And he's going to have a chance to start, I think. Maybe, maybe if he's not right off the bat, I think very, very soon. Like maybe within the first mm-hmm. 20 games, they realize that they, they cannot go without starting this guy. I think Monty Williams will be smart enough to do that. I, <laughs> If it was still like Dwayne Casey there or something, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he tried to roll out like something stupid like James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley at the 4-5 just because... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing you can think of. But I think Monty Williams will figure out that this kid's something special and he'll he'll give him that chance to succeed and I mean hell, you got your you got your top 3 picks uh year after year after year here going to be in your projected starting lineup. This is this is your core now. Like this is what you're committing mm-hmm. to. This is this is the rebuild where you're like these are our guys. Now we got to figure out how they play together. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to follow. Um, I'm really, I really do want to see Kate Cunningham have success. He wasn't a very heralded number one overall pick. I think it was one of those where it's like he probably is the best player, but we're mm-hmm. not like super excited about it. Um, so I want to see what he can prove this year. All, all the conversations I've seen about him are that he's healthy, he's looking good. Everyone's very excited to see what he can do this year. Like you said, early favorite for most improved. So. I'm I'm here for it, man. I, I want to see this franchise turn around. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. But no. if they can get to, like, 30 wins, 35 wins, that's a win in my book from where they've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. I think I like that storyline to follow is the development of these young guys. What I put here is a little more uh, on the sarcastic end, but still maybe a little true is – what the heck is going on with this team's front court lineup? <laughs> it's a mess. Two of their top four highest paid players 
are Marvin Bagley <laughs> and Isaiah. Oh no, it's James Wiseman, James Wiseman. and Marvin Bagley oh, and Marvin man. Bagley. It's not even Isaiah Stewart's new contract that's up there. Um, so they got James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley, Jalen Duran, and Isaiah Stewart. All these guys committed to multiple years here. Um, which one of these guys is actually going to play? I don't know. Which guys are going to sit out? I don't know. Duran. It should be. But yeah, that's, he should yeah, be playing. It's like the, I, you got all these these two number two overall big men that just have done nothing but disappoint. And they're both here, yeah. and they both shouldn't be here. But here we are. <laughs> that is crazy. Is I completely so forgot that both these guys were number two picks that in is, their draft. This is not good. This is not good. <laughs> they, they should not be on this team. Yeah, they got to do something about that. I I don't I they, they, yeah you said they signed Wiseman to an extension too. Uh, I don't remember. Did they? I hope not. Because there's just no reason to have all these guys on this team, especially if the only one starting is going to be Jalen Duran. I hope it's just Jalen Duran. Okay, so no, James Wiseman does not have an extension, so that's good. That 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 so actually he's playing out his out. last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, still you're gonna but have Marvin that many Bagley guys. does have two years left. Mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley was just yeah. signed last yeah. last summer, and now you have Isaiah Stewart for God knows how long. So <laughs> I don't know, man. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, the Pistons apparently thought in order to win in the NBA, you just have to have the most, the largest men on your roster. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's what the Kings <laughs> tried a few years ago, right? They tried to have just like yeah. that that what two center lineup (laughs) oh man okay here's a piece of trivia for you who's the who's the person making the most money on this team and how much is it it's boja it's both bogdanovic yeah it it is how much money is he making dude he's got to be making like 25 right 25 million just 20 20 the highest paid player on this team is making $20 million. Chump change in today's league. Yeah, it is, It's which is kind of funny. But, yeah, this basically like – this is like the goodwill, the goodwill <laughs> of the NBA. <laughs> this is, this, this is like, the bargain rack of the NBA here. Yeah, the fast food. And joint. Joe Harris is the second at $19.9 million. I knew that. I knew that because I looked at it earlier. That's how I figured that, like, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley are right after them. I'm yeah, pretty sure, right? Yep. Yeah. Unreal. Because, yeah, Cade Cunningham won't even make his extension until 2025. <laughs> so, yeah, this is bargain rack for the next two years, man. <laughs> man, the economics of the NBA are so wild when you put it into that context of, like, just how highly paid some of these older guys can sometimes be over like their younger more productive maybe yeah. at times more productive younger counterparts Yeah, those rookie <laughs> deals are lucrative man you gotta take advantage of them while you have them <laughs> yeah exactly oh man so what's the what, what do you think is the projection that bojan finishes the year in a pistons jersey oh that's a good that's a good one can contribute still we saw he, he put up some good contribution he had a good year the the contract really isn't awful, so I could see some teams biting for sure. He's only got he's got two years left this year and the year after. That's not too bad. I could see it. I could yeah. I I'll give it a fifty fifty shot that he's still there at the trade deadline. 
He's still there? Yeah. Okay. 50-50 that he's gone. I'm, yeah. I, I think I agree with that. I'm not sure he'll have the same hype he had last year. I feel like there might be the Drew Holiday sweepstakes is going to change it up. Maybe Jeremy Grant being available was he won't be quite the he won't be the hottest girl on the uh, on the market. Not, no. <laughs> not, not, not like last year. <laughs> no, no, he he's not any pretty young thing. That's for sure. But <laughs> yeah, there there will be a team that I think it thinks that the only thing they need is like an extra shooter. And you don't have mm-hmm. to give up much to get him. So, if you can give the Pistons back, like you know, some ex- like a, I honestly I would love to see the Clippers give them like Marcus Morris and a future second for <laughs> Bojan. Just, want... just swap <laughs> no it. No one's taking Marcus Morris, <laughs> dude. Someone's got to take him, please. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> it's funny that like at that moment that contract seems so bad. And every year that goes by, it just seems worse. It gets worse every year. It's not even that bad. It's just like, just get him off the team. I just don't want him there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, final thoughts here. Will Chamberlain 1972 Finals jersey sold for $4.9 million. Ooh. The third most expensive just behind a $5.8 million autographed Kobe jersey from 2007. 2008 and the temp and the last dance 1998 nba finals jordan uh jersey so will chamberlain's up there for third that's pretty crazy yeah. um, 1972 finals 1972 finals worn in both game two and game five of that championship series won finals mvp that year so it's a pretty valuable one so but yeah getting third to you know 10.1 million dollar michael jordan jersey in a million Kobe jersey that's that's pretty good company to be keeping there so yeah yeah man that that is wild I can't believe like the threading is like held together in these jerseys oh it's gotta be crazy it's gotta be in like a vacuum sealed shadow box you know like Mm -hmm. yeah it there's no way airs touch that thing for years and it never will it never will that thing's not coming out of a box no way. We'll change. 1972. Man. Who do you think's hanging that up on their wall? What kind of guys hanging up that Wilt Chamberlain jersey on their wall? I don't even know. Like, who was... I mean, in order to spend that much money on, like, a hobby thing, like, that's outrageous how much money you must be making. My money's on some... I don't know. My, my money's on some oil mogul from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you uncovered, it probably wouldn't really be like a a flashy name. It would be like some yeah, some dude who made his money in oil or like invented yeah. some crazy microchip or boring business to business software in Silicon yep. Valley that no one's heard of, but for whatever reason is worth millions of billions of dollars. Yeah, just has five million dollars to just throw around just just for fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the most uh, um, expensive jersey you've ever bought, Alan? Um, so I didn't buy it, but I did get a $100 gift card to the Lakers store <laughs> one year. You didn't even <laughs> buy a jersey? You've never bought a jersey? I bought a jersey, okay. but but with that $100 gift card, I've got like a classic uh, retro Kobe jersey. Ah, uh, okay. So 
I mean, yeah. I mean, outside of that, I I mean, my LeBron jersey, I think, was like 60 bucks or 70 bucks. So that oh, might be Oh, you didn't even get the official thing. Nike one. You got, like, the knockoff Adidas one then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I... <laughs> but the Kobe one, that one was over $100, I'm guessing. You had to go above yeah, that the one... gift card. Yeah, that one was over $100. It was, it was the Kobe jersey replica of the 2008 NBA Finals Ooh. Uh, jersey. When they won the the, the championship, oh, so yours was pretty Orlando. close to this five point eight million dollar autographed Kobe two thousand seven and two thousand eight jersey. Uh yeah, actually, <laughs> and that's the that, that's actually the crazy. Now that's a good point that you're bringing up is because <laughs> why is that Kobe jersey? Because two thousand seven two thousand eight is when they lost. That's the year yeah. they lost to the Celtics. Yeah, I don't I don't know why that one. I guess it's autographed. That makes it pretty valuable, right? Yeah, is there not an autographed Kobe jersey from two thousand from two thousand eight oh nine when they beat yeah. Orlando? Maybe not. Maybe it has the market. Maybe those jerseys just never have made it to market, so they could go for more, but they just never have been sold. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, what's yeah? What's why is there a losing result Kobe jersey up on this <laughs> list? <laughs> I bet a Celtics fan bought it just to gloat. <laughs> That would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like he's just holding it out of spite so that no Laker fan gets their. Hands I know. On it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has it in his Celtic shrine. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> that's the co- that's the jersey Kobe. I'm sorry for Kobe painting that picture. That. I, I don't I don't want to put that evil out in the world. Yeah, that that's pretty vile. <laughs> 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 Anyways. We'll close it on that. No more vile things from you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mind goes to dark places late at night. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, next, next, we'll continue our NBA division yeah, where, previews. Where are you wanting to go? I guess there's only really one option since we always save the uh, uh, the Pacific division for last. Well, have we done this? Did we do the South? We did the Southeast already, right? Yeah, we did yeah. Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going uh, northwest. Northwest. We're going northwest. Let's go. And that, hey, Portland's like in this it. one. What a, what a great <laughs> timing-wise. <laughs> yeah, got the defending champs as well. So yeah. got Timberwolves, also another intriguing team. So I'm excited to dig into these. Same here, same here. Well, thanks, everybody. And don't forget to keep tuning in week in and week out. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.